The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 18th, exactly one week away for, from, for, uh, from Christmas, which is hard to believe. Um, we have an incredible nine-game slate uh, to go over, and uh, the, the great thing about it is I have my partner in crime here to do it with me. So, my name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am with Mr. Mike Apatria. How are you, Mike? I'm doing much better now, Coach. I was actually uh, I was without a computer for most of the weekend. Um, it yeah. was it was kind of clonking out on me. It did it for two days in a row. So after that, you know, I said, "Let me go take this thing to get looked at." 125 dollars later, uh, the thing is humming like like new again, and uh, we kind of saw yeah. that. We were talking about that a little bit before we got on air. So. Uh, you know, knock on wood. Let's hope that this goes forward. Uh, I've I've had this. It's about, it's a MacBook Pro. I, I do a lot of my work on. I've had it since uh, I started college, so I've gotten some pretty good run out of it. So I wouldn't be shocked if it goes soon. But let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Well, you know, I I don't know. I'm I'm not pointing any fingers here, but they do say a lot of times the computers like that get clogged up if you're you know clicking on the porn porn uh, stations and all that. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything here, but it's awfully coincidental. Listen, you know? listen, a true veteran knows you, you use your phone. <laughs> it's the phone only. Uh, you know, a true veteran knows this, Coach. You save the computer for the work. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, was I going to tell you? I, do, I don't want to uh, go too far in without right away bringing up my very nice uh, – Chicken Sioux Challenge victory back oh, yeah. in the lead. That was always nice. I actually wrote it down this time. That's how desperate I was not to forget what the heck we had. So that was fun, man. It was a good victory. Yeah, it was well-deserved. And, you know, uh, I, I, I thought Murray was going to do a little bit better. But Chris Paul, you know, at the end of the day, he just had a phenomenal game. Um, he played yeah. very well. I think he had, what, he had 15 and 10 or something along the lines with, like, four yeah. steals. So he just played well, and it was a great Chris Paul game. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's a reason why he was priced $900 more. But, you know, I took that bet, Coach, fair and square. You, you, get, you take that one home. Uh, hopefully, you know, I just got to look the bounce back tonight. I'm sure we'll find one, a fun little nine-game slate we got to go through. Yeah, I just have a couple of weeks to get by. I want to I have the lead going into the first of the year by a, about three so that I can feel real comfortable. Uh, so that's my goal here. Getting a little got ahead it. of yourself now. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, you got to plan ahead, my man. But, yeah, I had back-to-back solo nights, Mike. I tell you, I couldn't even – you know, when I, when I, on the pot alone, I, I can't take as many shots at you. Like when there's another guy throwing the snowballs for me, but, uh, you I know, knew you missed me coach. I knew you'd miss me. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, but, uh, no, it was a good time. So, uh, this slate is going to be great guys. I'm just telling you right now, uh, this I'm loading up on this slate. It, it has what I've been waiting for all year and what it is. Is, is it's nine games and you know i if you listen to the pod often you know i love when it's eight nine ten eleven games that's my favorite 
And then the best part is we don't have to eat any chalk and be afraid to fade uh, Giannis or Luca or AD or LeBron or Harden or Westbrook. All those guys are not playing uh, Wednesday evening. So uh, it's going to be you, – you can really use your uh, – you know, your smarts and edge and, and uh, make the right kind of slate. So this is going to be a blast, man. Yeah, bro. Looking forward to this. Um, loaded with value, too. We'll get to a lot of the value. And by loaded, I mean, it's just, um, I think, some very, I wouldn't say obvious candidates, but guys in good spots, um, you know, decent price ranges. And we don't need to necessarily dumpster dive on a slate like this. But like you said, there's not uh, any guys really priced over 10 k that we're really going to look at. Well, the, the way my lineup looks tonight, it looks like my entire roster was dumpster dive. Good Lord, what a bad – I hated this slate going in. There was a bunch of news that hadn't broken, and, you know, I just diddled around with a few of them. And, man, my lineup stinked tonight, and that's unusual. I've been doing well, so I'm glad to get that one out of the way and get into a slate that I think is is going to be very playable. I'm I'm I, I I think we 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 probably took some opposite approaches I'm guessing on tonight's slate. I think uh we were you know we were talking about it a little bit on air. Um you know I I do my uh my layup line article every morning which I have my DFS picks in there. So if you're a subscriber over here at Hoopball, uh you have a chance to kind of view some of the stuff that I'm I'm talking about even when I'm not on a, a show. So those actually come out every day 7 days a week. And uh, a lot of the guys I touched on, I was um, all over R.J. Barrett. Um, he was somebody pretty chalky, but the price tag was just stupid cheap. I, I was all over yeah. the two centers. Once AD got rolled out, we've kind of seen other teams take the approach going against Indiana just to run their centers big minutes. So that kind of just opened up the door for McGee and yeah. uh, Dwight Howard for me to get some value. And just overall, you know, Kevin Huerta hearing that he's not playing on a minutes limit, that was some just some good stone-cold value at his price. I got a little value in Wilson Chandler. So I had all this money to spend. Um, and that's kind of where I almost ran into more of my problems. It w- I, I nailed all the value, but then I just found myself playing a lot more LeBron than I originally had uh, yeah. once I had all that money left over. So I'm still doing well, still profiting a good amount with uh, with LeBron in a lot of these lineups. And you know, now it's uh, it's about ten fifteen Eastern Standard Time, and I'm just hoping that uh, I could get some good games out of guys like you know Paul George and uh, Mikel Bridges right now. Those are two guys I have anchoring uh, a lot of my lineups. Yeah, very good, man. I'll tell you one note to put down is everybody always talks about Drew Holiday being one of the best defensive guards in the league, and Lonzo Ball being this fantastic defender, and and Hart being a great defender. And, you know, it, it, when, you, when you talk about it, you know, it sounds like the Pelicans should shut down every backcourt, but they can't stop anything. I don't know what the problem is, if it's Gentry's stupid system or what, but their backcourt gets absolutely smoked every night, and it's happening again tonight. Spencer Dinwiddie's gone bonkers on these guys. So don't fall into that uh, baloney about uh, – uh, you know the the Pelicans back. I might argue, I might argue against that though, Coach. Just because if you look you know, at the stats, look I at am. You shoot, shoot nine for twenty, but then you also have to look at Garrett Temple, who's two of twelve. Well, so, Garrett it, Temple's not a score. Uh, not I, what I'm but, saying is, look at the 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 um, defense real plus minus, and uh, these guys are all ranked low, even uh, Drew Holiday. So, like I say, I don't know if it's because they're trying to play up tempo or what. 
But this has been a consistent pattern, not just this game tonight, where they have at least one backcourt guy go for 30-plus against them. So, I don't know, just something I wanted to take note of because, you know, I looked at Dinwiddie for a long time and just – I always let that in the back of my mind, thinking Holiday can defend so fantastic, and I'm not seeing it this year. Well, I mean, so far, just looking at it, now he's Dinwiddie, as we're speaking, he's 9 of 21, so the percentages are going down. Uh, Drew Holiday is actually the only starter in their lineup that has a negative, or I mean, a positive in the uh, plus minus. Um, and then you look at guys, so he's not guarding just one-on-one Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously, this whole entire game. So a lot of those misses could be forced by Holiday. Then you're looking at the other guy that he's going to be sliding across to, who's Garrett Temple, who's shooting 2 of 12. Um, yeah. You know, I, I am a firm believer in the Drew Holiday defense and its effect. And I, I'm Look not- at the stats this year, bro. Look at all the games played. Now, we've got, now that we're over 20 games, it's what I would say a fair sample size. And I'm telling you, look up all the the defensive stats and the real plus minus the defensive efficiency and the, you know, this supposed defensive phenomenal backcourt of holiday and ball and heart are just super under, uh, underplayed, uh, playing their ability. But all right, let's not, we're, we're off on a tangent already, dude. God, we're <laughs> yeah, the, we got a motor. We're we got the a motor worst, now. man. We got nine big games and uh, really just other than, you know, making sure our listeners knew that I was uh, up in the chicken suit challenge, we can get going. Hey, you know, one thing I did announce yesterday on my solo show, I don't know if you happen to listen to it or not, Mr. Mike, but uh, uh, I am going to give out next week on my solo show, the Christmas week, I'm going to give up out a lineup to our listeners that they can play uh, in the, uh, a couple of the million dollar contests that are going to be out there from FanDuel and DraftKings. So that should be fun. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to have to, you know, throw one or two of those in there as well. Um, you know, that, also, wouldn't that be cool if we could all, you know, our listeners, we could all take down some some six, seven-figure stuff would be. Well, yeah, uh, now we, we, we'd, be cho- we'd be chopping it up a few ways, but at the end of the day, it's, okay. not, it's not a bad way to chop. It's not a bad number to chop up, so I wouldn't mind it. I wonder how many people would act will actually play it. I mean, well, we have quite a few listeners, but let's just say, you know, forty of us have to chop up a million bucks. I think we could stomach that. Yeah, and I mean, it also just helps and bodes well for those players who are morally cash uh, reliant players, just because you are a cash game player. So even if you're giving out a tournament lineup, odds are there's probably going to be three or four guys that are probably staples in your cash game as well. So yeah, um, you can help people on both point. sides with that. So I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing, um, you know, exactly what that's going to look like, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. Well, it will be fun, man. It'll be uh, Coach Santa on uh, next week. So we'll see how that goes. Well, first, uh, let's before we get started, real quickly, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. We want to thank them for being our presenting sponsor and a partner with HoopDashBall.com. Uh, we all enjoy that very much, and that got me through uh, the, to this morning and yesterday morning, the two solo shows I did in the mornings instead of the evenings to try to give our listeners the lines and the totals and stuff. So that was fun, but definitely enjoyed the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. That got me through, uh, although I, I've, uh, I drank a little bit too much. I'm going to have to reorder here. Or I'm not going to make it for Christmas. So that's, uh, that's a little bit of a bummer, but I will get that order in uh, pretty quickly. 
but we thank them for being aboard and uh let's roll man we have nine games let's not mess around and and no chalk we don't have to eat chalk with any of those big names so first game is somewhat of a, a gut wrencher uh game <laughs> we've got the the charlotte hornets at the cleveland cavaliers uh, Charlotte's 13 and 7, Cleveland's a stellar 6 and 21. And then uh, I don't think I've ever had both, you know, I, I like to go over the uh, pace and the defensive efficiency. I don't know if I've ever had two teams this low in both. Uh, they're 26th and 24th in pace, followed up with the stellar 25 and 29 in defense. So you're talking about a couple of uh, uh, really teams not going in the right direction. I don't know how the Charlotte's 13 and 17, to be honest with you. That's uh, pretty impressive considering really the roster that they have. But do uh, uh, you want to jump on, on one of these teams and, and get it rolling? Absolutely. Um, I'll just start off with Charlotte. They're probably the more appetizing of the two teams. Uh, you know, looking at them, they're coming off. They're going to be on the second half of a back-to-back. They beat the Kings tonight, 110 to 102, uh, and most of their starters saw a pretty good run. They did the uh, the Twin Towers type lineup, starting Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. Yeah, uh, yeah, we might see them do that again. I mean, it just makes more. It makes sense at the end of the day. This is uh, three straight matchups. Uh, you know, the first one, it was the Pacers going against Sabonis and Turner. This one, it was going against the Kings, who we know generally play big, Belicia and Holmes. And then they'll be going against Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. So we should see both of these guys come back out. Um, I'd have more interest in Cody Zeller. His minutes seem a little bit more secure. He's more of the offensive focal point compared to Biombo. Um, and the rebounds tend to be there for him as well. Obviously, they're going to chop him up. You know, Biombo being the guy that got more rebounds in the double-double tonight. But Zeller yeah. still did uh, did perfectly fine. You know, his price tag is a little bit up, but it's not taken out of consideration. 5700 against Cleveland, I think, is more than fair. And I think my other main option I'm going to be looking at would be uh, Terry Rozier. Uh, just a good price mm-hmm. tag, 6K. He's been playing poor as of late, another poor shooting night tonight. Um, but law of averages, that will turn around eventually. He's not going to keep shooting, you know, 20-something percent from the field. And if you're going to, you know, right your wrongs, it's against a backcourt like this, going against Garland and Sexton. Uh, these guys just bleed points. So those are going to be my two primary uh, focal point options. But I never mind a guy like Devontae Graham as a, as a one-off. And if you want to take a shot on Biombo, like I said, instead of uh, Zeller, I don't mind looking there as well. Yeah, no, that's that's a good take. I think, you know, I, I they went with uh, Zeller and uh, and Biombo, and I think some of that was really the reason that uh, uh, was PJ Washington broke his finger, and he's going to miss some games. So I think they decided to uh, to give it a shot and go with those two bigs, and it and it's really working out. That might be something you'll see a little bit more of. Uh, in the future, but uh, yeah, well, I, I I think Marvin Williams was actually out during the Pacers game, so that kind of you know forced their hand. At that point, they really yeah. had no chance. They could have got away with Marvin against, but it played well. It worked well. Um, so Marvin Williams was actually you know he was he was active uh, tonight. Yeah. And they still just decided to keep going with these two guys, and you know whether it's because of size or anything else, and uh, you know whatever it may be, um, you know it's these guys. I'm I'm continuing them to continue or expecting them to continue doing it going forward. If you want to look at Marvin Williams too, now that I'm bringing him up, sure, um, he's not a great point per minute guy. If he's in the starting lineup, that changes things for me. But if he's coming off the bench, I don't have as much interest. Yeah, and I think he's gonna come off the bench. I think he'll he'll be the first big off the bench uh, for them, but. Um, 
you know, for me, I, I have one of my foundational guys, first game, first team, which is unusual because it's nine game slate. Usually I'm more of the Midwest and West coast guys. It seems like I've been rostering, but uh, I know one of your favorite scenarios is bigs against the Celtics. Mine is guards against Cleveland. I, I cannot believe watching the Cavs how absolutely horrific they are defensively. And it's not like they even have a defensive player to come in that's even like average. I mean, they, they start out with uh, the, the two uh, Sexton and Garland, and then they bring Clarkson and Porter in, uh, and nobody can guard anybody. So uh, Devontae Graham is going to be a uh, uh, play for me. I think that he's uh, – I think he'll just crush this team. I also like Terry Rogier. Uh, I'm not sure I'll play both of them. Uh, I will in a GPP for sure. But uh, but I think Graham, I, this is the kind of game, you know, he could throw up another 40-point, real 40-point game uh, against Cleveland. I know the pace is bad, but they also have – worse defense than than anything else so uh on that's you know that's graham's gonna make my lineup i'll i'll get sexed in a little bit um not sure on the the whole situation with uh biombo uh zeller and uh williams uh, so i'm gonna shy from that a slight bit uh and then for me on the cleveland side you know, they've just been so bad. I mean, I, I feel bad for that franchise right now. They're they're trying to trade love. Nobody seems to be very interested. Uh, supposedly, they're showcasing Clarkson and Tristan Thompson as well. Uh, I guess all three of those guys are possible uh, targets for some teams looking for somebody to take them over the top. So they're just, you know, they're such a dumpster fire right now. I, I don't trust anybody there. They play at such a low pace. I'm sure this total is going to be pretty lousy tomorrow too. So uh, nobody for Cleveland for me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not really touching anybody from uh, from Cleveland until some of these bodies get moved. Uh, I'm never really looking at the guards. And, you know, maybe if you wanted to take a stab at Tristan Thompson, like you said, trying to showcase him, he's priced fairly at 5900 uh, He's the one player I wouldn't have a problem with. So other than that, I'm good. Uh, ready to move on to the next game. All right, well, we have another 7 p.m. game. It's the Toronto Raptors at 18 and 8 at the Detroit Pistons 11 and 16. Uh, I believe it looks like Van Vliet's going to miss another game. He's doubtful, I believe. Uh, from what I saw, have you seen any other updates on him? Uh, no, I believe he is still doubtful at this point. Getting okay. close to returning, Nick Nurse said, but they're just going to have to give him another day. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll tell you, it it brings Kyle Lowry into play, I think, and certainly Norman Powell. Wow, I rostered him yesterday, and he was just phenomenal. He, you know, fifty plus fantasy points. So I was uh, thrilled with that. So, you know, the Toronto backcourt certainly interesting, but uh, pace wise, uh, Toronto is playing at the 12th fastest pace, which I thought was really surprising. Uh, people didn't, uh, I don't think, realize they'd play that quick. But a lot of it is defensive transition to offense as well. Uh, we know Detroit plays pretty slow with, with Drummond trying to get the ball inside and 
uh, Griffin as well. Uh, they're 22nd, and it looks like Drummond and Griffin are both still questionable. I'm surprised Griffin. I look like he looked so bad the other night. He couldn't move his legs, it looked like, his knee and everything else. But they said that he's probable uh, from what I read uh, this evening. So we'll see. And then, of course, the funniest uh, – well, it's not funny, I guess, if it happens to you, but the avocado <laughs> – uh, reaction from uh, from Mr. Drummond has had him out for a game. So now we'll see if he's able to come back. I think it sounds like he will. I, I mean, it's an eye issue swollen, so I think he'll play. Yeah, he but, was going. He was going to play. Um, you know, last night. Uh, the only thing I guess uh, his contact lenses. He plays with contact lenses, and they yeah. were kind of irritating it a little bit before the game. Put on the damn rec specs, man. That's what I want to see, man. What give the us heck? the give us the Kareem goggles. It's Drummond NBA. would look great. He should have goggles. He looks like a kind of guy that should have goggles on there. The big rec specs. That that'd have been cool. Uh, or you know, what are you gonna do? These guys aren't as tough as the uh, old timers that played. Uh, and then defensively, though, the concern here, Toronto, as you know. You know, is locked down defensive team. They're fourth in the league right now in efficiency, and Detroit is nineteenth. Uh, so, what uh, what's your take on on Toronto? So, in this game in general um, is a little under appealing for me, just because uh, we're seeing a lot of these guys get a little priced up. You mentioned Kyle Lowry; he'd probably be my favorite target to look on and look at on Toronto. We're looking at you know Pascal Siakam. Um, 8,800 is a little bit more than I want to pay for him in this price down yeah. matchup. Powell's priced up a little bit at 6,400 now. So, you know, we're paying a pretty big premium for him. Uh, Gasol was rolling for a little while, mostly due to matchup dependent. This is a, a matchup where we can see him playing big minutes against like a guy like Drummond. But the last time these teams faced off earlier in the year, he only played 14 and a half minutes. So, uh, you know, mm. that's a really up in the air thing that I don't want to depend on too, too much. So nothing really on Tor- Toronto other than, uh, Kyle Lowry is really grabbing my attention. Yeah, this, you know, the, I like Kyle Lowry. And, and also, I think Norman Powell deserves some attention, too, because, you know, Detroit will probably put Brown on uh, on uh, on Lowry, which means, you know, Powell's probably going to have one of the lesser uh, defender guards uh, guarding him a portion of the game, whether it be Galloway or, or one of those dudes or Snell. But, Anyway, you know, I, I agree, you know, that it's getting a little rough with Lowry's and Siakam's price, uh, but they're certainly, you know, deserving. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to say on the Drummond thing. I, I would like to, uh, you know, put him out there, but, uh, you know, I always think about what Mark Gasol is still capable of uh, defensively, which isn't what he used to be, but he did shut out Embiid this year, so... He still has some gas in the tank, so we'll see uh, how that rolls. I think uh, Drummond's a little pricey, uh, but uh, I don't think his minutes will be affected with this eye thing. I doubt it, but uh, you know, certainly tempting, but I'm not going to go there myself. Yep, I'm kind of with you. If you want to play him, not going to knock you. Uh, at the end of the day, he always has that 2020 sort of upside. Um, I just look to kind of target that in matchups where it's a little bit more dependent and reliable. Uh, I don't think going against Toronto at 9200 is something I want to do, especially when we may have a ton of uh, you know value open up at center in a game that we'll get to later. Sounds good. Okay, uh, the third 7 p.m. Eastern game, 
Chicago Bulls at 10 and 19 at the Washington Wizards, 8 and 17. Uh, interesting game for sure. Um, not exactly uh, sure what to expect in this game. These are two disappointing teams. We know that Hashimura is out uh, for like five games or so for the Wizards. That's really going to sting them a yeah, little bit. Sting them. That's That was a hard kick to the nuts, man. Five <laughs> games. Yes, that's rough. That's rough. And I think they it's listed as a bruised groin. So if that doesn't, uh, Merry Christmas to Mr. Hachimura. Oh, man. Good Lord. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, Washington, I, I noticed one thing t- tonight. They, they cut uh, Chioza, their backup. Well, actually, he's their third string point guard with, with Isaiah and Smith playing. Uh, and they picked up some 7-2 uh, foreign gentleman that has the most bizarre name. So that's my my um, challenge to you is the next show that we do, if you can figure out how to pronounce the new 7-foot-2 European center that the Wizards signed, okay? I'll give it, I'll give it my best whirl. I, I, I didn't actually even see the news, so I'm going to have to check that out. It is it is an eye chart of letters. That Do you have his name in there. front of you? Why don't you just give us your best try? I, I'm not looking at it, and I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's why I threw it out there to you. I'm real picky on, on how names are pronounced. I can't stand when somebody calls uh, Mo Wagner instead of Wagner or Max Kleber instead of Kleba is the way it's pronounced. Stuff like that drives me nuts, so... I don't usually say him until I can get him right, and I'm telling you, this dude's name is funny. It is a rough one. So our listeners out there are probably Googling it right now, looking it up, but they just signed him yesterday. They cut Chris Chioza and signed this seven foot two uh, big fella. So I don't know if that means, uh, you know, Ian Mahinmi's not uh, getting it done for him or, or what the deal is there, but uh, something I noticed. But anyway, in the Chicago game, we've got uh, two teams. You know, we know Washington plays fast. They're all the way up to second uh, because they don't play any D. I think they start running the other direction pretty uh, before the play's over. Chicago's 13th. And then defensively, Chicago's uh, crept into the top 10, which is shocking. But this, I think part of that's just because – you know, it, you know, 13th pace isn't bad, but they seem to really slow other teams down uh, on the defensive side. So oh they've God, got defense. it done. And uh, Washington is 30th, man, dead last. They don't play defense. <laughs> so uh, so this game's interesting. What do you think, man? You, you probably didn't hear it, but I tried to do a soft, creepy whisper. Uh, while you're, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the Bulls' defense, and it's something yeah. I've been kind of chirping on over the past, you know, week or two now. It's they've been playing excellent defense against opposing guards. Uh, wow. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that might have be part of the reason why they've been able to slow games down. Maybe they were doing it's something I need to check out myself. We I think watch it's happened here. since they they've started Sadoransky and done together. They might be doing, like. uh, you know, more of like a half court defense as well. Uh, you know, picking them up right right before or crosses the half court line, kind of trying to slow up the offense as much as possible, making them set up, yeah. uh, pass the ball off, and kind of end up doing another swing pass for the point guard to get it back. 
So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that might be playing a part, but it's something I'm going to keep an eye on and I've, I've been monitoring. Um, and it's kind of going to go into the decisions while I'm making this game because I'm not really going to be touching Bradley Beal at that price tag, um, yeah. knowing that he's going against the Chicago guards that I've been trying to avoid. Where I'm going to be looking is taking advantage of Hachimura's injury and Bryant and, and Wagner's injury, and I'm going to be playing a ton of Davis Bertans at 6,500. At the end yeah. of the day, this guy's going to have to play 35-plus minutes without a doubt. Yes, they just signed the 72 guy. Um, I'm not worried about that. If anything, that just kind of goes to show you that they're not comfortable with playing Mahini. Um, yeah. Starters level minutes. Um, you know, at the most, you might probably see is, you know, mid, mid-20s. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's like 28. But even then, he's not a high point-per-minute kind of producer. It's, it's Bertans. Bertans is going to get the shot attempts. He can still get rebounds. He not, might not necessarily be the defensive stack kind of guy. Um, but 6,500, and this is a rock-solid matchup. Maybe a little bit of a more low-scoring, slower pace than we'd like to target. But... Um, I have no problem going towards him, and he's going to be my primary option on the on the Wizards. Well, what is Wagner out for sure, or uh, what's the the latest on him? Yeah, he's already been ruled out. He's ruled out. So their big man rotation is going to be without. I mean, Hashimura was playing a lot of center, so I I guess it's going to be Mahinmi and Bertans and. Uh, Who's the next big man up for them? It's it's going to be basically if they wanted to slide, bon, uh, you know, Isaac Bongo over, they can get away with that. He's a little bit bigger. He's not a huge guy. But if anything, yeah. he'd be playing a little bit of power forward if if Bertans. And it's going to be like this, like you said, maybe the seven two guy gets you know eleven minutes or something. No, I don't think he's. Uh gonna play on the on the regular team right off the bat no well i mean at the end of the day they might have signed him just because they want to have a body available at the end of the bench um you know they they do have this uh you know this other guy schofield i don't know too much about him oh that's who that's who i forgot yeah he's been playing about 20 minutes i don't know too much about him coach yeah he's a rookie out of tennessee i i watched him a lot in the summer league and he is a brick house man that dude he's they let list him at six six 262 and and i'm telling you he's probably he's lucky to be six five sounds like and, chuck uh, hayes and that 262 is like three percent body fat that dude is a muscle head so i i mean he can't shoot muscle heads can never shoot because i think their arms don't stretch enough to shoot but uh he, he he'll play a lot of center i'll tell you who this this really brings wendell carter jr into play for me because I know Mahinmi's going to start at center, and Bertans will play some inside. And then the only other guy is, is going to be Schofield. He'll probably get 25 minutes, and he is so undersized. Uh, I think this, this could be a, a real smash game for Carter at a pretty cheap price. So he's my favorite play in this game, I, and I'm, I'm going to dial up Bertans too. I mean, I had him the other day when he had a bad game, so I was a little bitter, but I just think this game makes sense for him. He's going to get shots up, and he's he should be able to get some rebounds and some things. So I don't, you know, I think I'll probably go with the the nice little uh, balance there and, and try to have uh, uh, Carter and Bertans. I like a lot on this bull side, to be honest. Just knowing that they're going to be playing against this porous, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Washington defense, they're going to be playing up in pace. 
Uh, all their price tags are pretty much fair. I mean, Zach Levine, 8100 maybe the only one that is a hair or two above where we'd normally want to spend. We usually like him in that high sevens range. But he's warranted the extra couple hundred dollar boost just in this matchup. You mentioned I may, when, I may have to put Levine in there too, man. It's I could just see him flying up to the court. This is this is his type of game. Um, you yeah. mentioned Carter Jr. Fantastic matchup for him. Six K. I think Marketing's in play. Um, Fifty nine hundred. He's been kind of showing some more signs of life over the past two weeks. Uh, again, just another fantastic matchup. He could take advantage of a fifty nine hundred. And then we also have to keep in mind this is a little Sadaransky revenge narrative. So. Uh, 5,300 going against his old Good former point. team. Yeah. Um, and I think all four of those guys are in play and will be in my player pool. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, deciding on which guys I'm going to end up getting to is going to be kind of how my lineups are scripted. You know, when I'm not spending up on a few of the other guards that we'll get to uh, later in the slate, then maybe uh, I'll go with Levine. And when I am, maybe I'll spin down and get some exposure to this game with the forwards or centers. Not a bad idea, man. And it was the last show I think I had quizzed you on that too, the, the second-worst defensive player in the entire league. Uh, only Trey Young is worse is Bradley Beal based on uh, defensive real plus minus. So, you know, that certainly opens my eyes for some, uh, for some Levine here as well. I think that that might be where I go, man. I may, I may stack this game, three guys out of one game. It's a fun game. It is. Any time Washington's playing, it's fun because there's scoring all over the place. All right, game four and actually the fourth 7 o'clock game. So we're going to be watching all these games immediately right off the bat and know where we stand. Uh, this game is a pretty good one, um, to say the least. It is uh, Miami 19-8 and at Philadelphia 20-8. and so you got two squads here, man, and they can both defend and play. Um, pace is 21 and 18, so they're both under the halfway mark in pace, uh, you know, just because everything locks down and slows down. Miami's ninth in the league and Philadelphia fifth in the league um, in, in defense. So this should be a, a great game to watch. It should be somewhat of a defensive struggle. Uh, Miami, I don't know what the news is, but I believe Winslow and Dragic are out again. They've been uh, uh, out for multiple games here. Have you seen any uh, updated news on those two? I believe they are still uh, both still supposed to be out. Yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be rough on that side. You know, it certainly brings Butler into play, and it's Butler going back to Philly, man. I mean. You know he's got to be up for that one uh, playing in Philly. So that could be, you know, that could be the smart play. He's probably going to be chalked because of that, though. Um, and Philly's such a good defensive team. I, it's hard. I, I, you know, I'm going to have to look at that one for a while. Uh, I would assume Embiid plays. He missed the other day with a chest cold or whatever, so I'm, I'm sure he'll lace it up. Yeah, he was taken off the injury report, so he should be good yeah. to go. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I love this game. I love the players. I want to watch it, but I don't know if I'm going to roster a single guy. 
I don't blame you. I mean, there's only one guy in this entire game that I'm I'm really looking at with any kind of sort of real interest. I mean, I do like the Butler narrative, um, you know, but the price tag's a little up knowing that he's most likely to get Ben Simmons' defense. We've touched on this at points during the podcast over the season. Yeah. He's playing at an all-NBA uh, defensive level right now, Ben Simmons, so... Uh, not someone that we generally want to target. You know, Bam's going against the front court over there. That's pretty tough between Horford and Embiid. He's going to get banged around a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm pretty much okay with not targeting NBA in Miami. But the one guy I wanted to talk about was actually on the Philly side, and it's Josh Richardson. Uh, revenge oh, narrative, 4,900. Oh. Um, you know, he'll he's probably. He's been bad, dude. He's been absolutely awful. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be super low owned. He's only 4,900. He's multiple position eligible on DraftKings, shooting guard, and small forward. Um, the revenge narrative is real with them. He left with a yeah. little bitter feelings uh, for Miami. And yeah. the first matchup that these two teams played, in only 25 minutes, he put up 44 DK points with 32 actual points. So, yeah. if, uh, you know, if you want to take a bite at the narrative and not, you know, necessarily have to pay up for the Butler one, uh, you know, I think Richardson's a guy that you might be able to look at. Very, very low ownership. Yeah, I love the narrative, and I know that there's some bitterness there uh, for sure from Jay Rich, but. Gosh, he's been shooting the ball terribly. I I had him uh, this weekend, and he just he was so atrocious. He he actually had one point two fantasy points midway through the third quarter, and and it doesn't seem possible, but uh, he did. I think he finished with like fifteen fantasy points or something. But I don't know. He's such the thing with Jay Rich that's bizarre is I watched him all last year with Miami, he was their number one option, go-to guy at the end of the games. And he's like literally like the sixth option now. They, I mean, the other four starters by a mile are, are a higher option than him. And then if they bring a guy off the bench like Thibel or something, I've seen them like even take more shots than, than Rich. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I like the take, but I don't know if I have the – the stones to go there. Uh, and uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it would probably just be a GPP. And that definitely not somebody I'd be recommending for your cash games. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, that floor is super low. And that's why he is a tournament option. You know, you could see a 15, 16, 20 point night from him. Uh, but just knowing that a little bit of bitterness, maybe the team gets together, allows him to get a few more shot attempts. Maybe he just wants to be basketball is the one sport where if you want to be extra aggressive, you could be. You know, you can you can have revenge against a you know opposing team in baseball. It doesn't mean you're going to see the curveball any better or be able to guess the pitches. In football, it doesn't mean that your quarterbacks will be throwing you the ball more just because you hate the other team. So basketball is right. the one sport where if you do have a little bit of a grudge or a narrative, uh, and the ball's in your hands, you're the one that decides whether or not you want to shoot it or pass it. Yeah. Although the best revenge game, revenge game is hockey. You just can go beat the hell out of guys out oh, yeah. on the ice and get away with it. But uh, those are the best ones, like especially when there was yeah. like a cheap shot. Uh, you know, a few games ago, the teams look at their calendar and they're like, "All right, you know, uh, it's a month from month and a half, we'll be playing them." And you know, everybody in the stadium knows that the announcers know it, the players right. know it. Like th- these dudes are dropping the gloves within the first twenty seconds of the puck dropping. So I'm not. It's I amazing. don't watch a ton of hockey, but. Uh, that's one thing I've always noticed and loved, and uh, you know, I guess I, I I'm a fan of the sport. I like watching it more in person than I do on TV. Yeah, me too, for sure. All right, let's hit uh, game five. We're finally out of the seven o'clock hour. We've got an eight p.m. Eastern game. Uh, it is the New Orleans Pelicans at six and twenty-one, and uh, I just watched them lose in overtime. 
So they're actually 6-22. and 22. That is pretty rough. Uh, they're going against the T-Wolves at 10-15. and 15. However, we've got this, this big news that Cat is questionable. Uh, usually an incredibly, uh, you know, guy you can depend on that doesn't almost ever miss. So the fact that he's already listed questionable and there's some uh, rumblings there, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, one of the most durable players in the NBA. Yeah. Well, that yeah, and that's going to change the aspect of this game. You know, you've got the Pelicans now. Uh, literally, the game ended as I was watching here about uh, three minutes ago. So, you know, it's 10.48 on the East Coast. Uh, you know, we, as our listeners know, uh, when we do this in groups of two, uh, we always do this the night before so you can uh, catch it the next morning, etc. So, uh, you know, you got the Pelicans just lost in overtime on the road. Uh, now they have to travel to Minnesota, late flight tonight, get in tomorrow. That's a big disadvantage because uh, they have to go play a Minnesota team that's at home and resting that didn't play tonight. Uh, but, you know, if Cat's out, that changes things a little. Uh, you know, the Pelicans are not good defensively, and they these teams play at a fast pace, uh, fourth and sixth respectively, New Orleans, Minnesota. So you're talking two of the top six pace teams in the entire league. So that's going to, uh, you know, we should get a, a good total in this game. And neither team plays good defense. New Orleans has dropped to third to last, and Minnesota's all the way down to 23. So, man, this this will probably be, uh, you know, possibly the most popular game on the on the card for people to stack. Um, I don't know how much you trust the Pelicans coming off this game being tired if they're going to rotate people. I can tell you that Gentry played his main guys uh, just a boatload of minutes tonight. I don't – every time I was watching here, Holiday was in, Ingram was in, um, Jackson Hayes played a bunch. So not sure, you know, on the Pelican side if they'll sit anybody or what that rotation will be. Uh, but we'll have to, you know, take a close look at that because I'd love to at least roster one guy uh, from this squad. Maybe Jackson Hayes. He's been playing to really terrific. Uh, on the Minnesota side for me, and then I'll let you break the game down, you know, the, the whole thing is the news. You know, if Cat's if uh, going to play, I'm going to use him. If he's not going to play, then uh, I'm going to 100% go with Wiggins for sure. Uh especially now that uh, I badmouth in the New Orleans backcourt. I've got to back it up with some Minnesota, uh, uh, at least one Minnesota backcourt guy. Uh, Teague has been bizarre, man. He's had some no-show games. He's had some 50-point DFS games. Uh, he's had minutes where he's played very little off the bench. He's had games where he's played like 38 minutes off the bench. So I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, but, you know, he's certainly in play as well, uh, especially if Cat's out. Um, but Wiggins is probably going to be my target in this game, hands down. And then I'm going to try to scratch and claw and, and find a Pelican because, you know, this is one of those games, Mike, where, I, you know, if you don't have at least two guys chalked up, 
you know, you could be in big trouble. This could be one of those, you know, 130 to 128 kind of games, you know? Absolutely. And I have, uh, I have a lot of love in it. So it's, uh, you know, that's why we're here. Um, you know, we got the value, we got the main guys that we can look at. So I'll start over here on the Minnesota side of Carl Anthony town sits. I will be locking and loading Gorgie Dang. Uh, you know, we've seen it earlier in the season when he was forced to miss a game or two, uh, Gorgie got slotted right into that role and became an instant must yeah, roster he did DFS. Really well. Yeah. Fantastic matchup for him as well. Um, also, you can look at Wiggins in either scenario, whether he plays or not. It's a great matchup for him. I'd obviously like him a lot better um, if he sits, just because he'd get a ton more usage kind of shifted over to him. Uh, those would be the main guys I'm really looking at the Minnesota side. I don't really need think I need to go to Teague. Um, I, I mean, I could see it necessarily. He will get a little bit more usage with Cat out. Um, I just yeah. think there's a few other options. And looking at the other side of the ball, a lot of these guys are in play. I don't care about the back-to-back. Um, it's just going to be a great matchup. Looking at Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball, both their respective price tags, 54 and 5,300. Uh, both those guys very much in play. J.J. Redick uh, most likely going to be ruled out again tomorrow if he hasn't already been. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll get that news. So uh, yeah. if he does sit, we should see Lonzo continue to start and you know play 35 minutes tonight. Yes, it was uh, you know an overtime game, but... Um, I would I feel comfortable knowing that he's over that injury now that he's playing 35 minutes. So I think both those guys in play, and if you wanted to take stabs at Holiday or Ingram, I wouldn't mind either one of those. But I think I'm going to get most of my exposure with those two guards in this uh, in this game. I don't blame you, but definitely, you know, our, we're going to all have to watch that Reddick news because that that really affects that whole guard rotation there. Oh, very plays. much so. Very much but so. But I love your take on Jang. That's, you know, that's just a really sharp play. Uh, and I'll tell you, it, you know, Cat can't defend at all. I think he stinks defensively. And um, if he plays, I'm more likely to play Jackson Hayes than, than if Jang plays because Jang, I think, defends pretty well. So, that you know, that we're going to definitely have to wait for the news there. Uh, but that could be a nice game for value too. Yeah, uh, I mean, no doubt about it. Especially with it being a back-to-back, we've already seen Favors be limited with injuries. He's working himself back off the uh, the short hiatus where he was missing time due to the death of his family and a back injury. So, um, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see them, you know, possibly limit him a little bit. Maybe they won't rest yeah. him. Um, but you know, more avenue for the young uh, the young rookie to get more time. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely been stepping up. Um, all right. Well, we're we're getting there. We're we're through. Uh, what is that? Five games. Four more to go. Um, real quickly, just want to give another thanks to our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, and uh, our our home base hoopdashball.com. Uh, you know, please make sure to go to hoopdashball.com uh, on a daily basis. Get in there. Hit the the forums. Go to the DFS thread. Uh, you're going to see all kinds of posts up there from Miles and Andy, our team at hoop-ball.com. And then the four DFS pros are, are posting a lot of player news and uh, trends and stats and different things in there. And then when you're at hoop-ball.com, you know, take a look at some of the things uh, offered there uh, for the fantasy players that play year-long or dynasty or head-to-heads. There's unbelievable content there. Uh, and there's also a terrific uh, premium package uh, with just loaded with multiple podcasts, basically daily uh, podcasts. You know, one of the my favorites personally, and I'm not just saying that because he's our 
hoop dash ball guru, but uh, Dan Vespris does uh, a a daily fantasy uh, NBA. What what is the show called? I forgot. It's just it's just like us. Instead of DFS uh, today, it's uh, fantasy NBA today. So uh, Dan does that. He brings on a bunch of different guests, uh, you know, throughout the week. And you know, you you you've been on the show several times. Uh, yeah, I've uh, made some regular occurrences, mostly in the past few seasons. Uh, this year, I've haven't I really had a chance to stop by. Actually, I was just talking with Dan. I got to make an appearance soon and say hi. Uh, but it's it's a blast, man. It covers everything that's going on throughout the night. Uh, key things to watch: injuries, uh, stock watch on players. You know, Great buy low, stuff. sell highs. A lot of stuff to touch on. So um, if I don't, I don't know why I, can, I always get tongue tied on the name. It's fantasy NBA today. That's right, right? Yes. Okay, I'll have to remember that from now on. But uh, yeah, it's great stuff. So yeah, definitely uh, jump on there. And remember, as far as our DFS podcast, if that's your thing, and we expect that it is since uh, we, we've really grown a nice, consistent following of listeners on a daily basis. Uh, just remember, you can catch us uh, seven days a week in front of the paywall. It's free NBA DFS information uh, daily, and it's just, you know, you're not going to find anything out out there that is more in-depth uh, that, that's coming to you and uh, catching every single game. So uh, if you have the ability to listen to a podcast, then you have the ability to listen to us because we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere podcasts are found. Just type in NBA DFS today or just DFS today or NBA today. I mean, literally at this point, uh, we're getting so many uh, hits and followers. You can find us, and you'll see our symbol there. Uh, just click on that and and uh, join in. And, you know, we really appreciate, too, when the, the show's over, give, uh, you know, 15, 20 seconds of your time to hit the five stars, likes, positive review, definitely rate, review, subscribe, you know, that is the the key words in the industry, you know, and that really helps us. It, it, uh, it allows us to get a a good feel on growth. And, uh, I know we've, I believe gone over 60, 65, uh, comments recently on the iTunes side of it. Uh, and so, you know, we're getting a lot of momentum. Uh, we appreciate the input and definitely reach out to us directly. Uh, all four, four of our DFS pros are available on Twitter DMS questions, comments, you know, ideas, you know, if there's something more you want to hear, uh, different kinds of stuff like that, just, just shoot us the information. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He's at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Andrew is at Language Olympic and Miles is at, at Miles6565. And if you want to just get the, the updated news uh, moment to moment, just go to at Hoopball Fantasy. Uh, that's where all of our hoop-ball.com guys are posting everything. So jump on there, listen, make a comment if you can, uh, and join us every day. We've not missed a single game or slate since uh, FIBA, and we've done it in the preseason, regular season, and we're going to go all the way through the postseason. So you're going to get 
all that we have to offer and then some. And, uh, you know, we're giving you the our, our straight out ideas and opinions uh, that we're building our own lineups on as well. But remember, you know, three-step program I talk about every day. You know, listen to our podcast in the morning or mid-morning. You know, start getting an idea of what lineup you want to build. Get that shell lineup going. And then secondly, just keep clicking and checking the news constantly all the way through the day, uh, through our Twitter, through our uh, hoop-ball.com. Follow that news because one or two different uh, moves from the day, like we said, the cat news is going to change the whole complexion of that game. And it's like three, three of your eight or nine guys that you have to roster, uh, immediately affected by one piece of news. So you got to stay on that. So you're not throwing money away, uh, and that you're being more competitive. And then the third part of it is, is following that last hour, uh, 30 minutes, whatever you can, when you get home from work or whenever, uh, you're in front of, you know, with your phone or computer or whatever, you know, follow that news up until lock because, uh, you know, there's always some news that comes out when the early teams are putting out their lineups 30 minutes prior to start. And uh, like I say, you know, I, I say it every day, you know, yes, this is fun. It's a hobby. You're going to, you know, every everybody has a good time doing it. But regardless if you make one lineup and just play cash or you're a mass entry 150 guy, you know, you want to win. It's real your hard-earned money and it's winnable if you, you know, listen in, factor everything in. We're going to give you the best advice that we can and then just follow the news throughout the day. Follow it immensely that last especially 30 minutes uh, and and tweak those lineups and get it done. And, you know, I've been playing on all four of the main sites. And you can, you know, depending on what you like to play, there are some great things on there. I mean, I play a lot of cash games, and I can do heads up 50-50s. But I like all of DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Fantasy Draft, and Yahoo. There are some good things. And next week, all of them have monster contests million dollar we're talking seven figure contests specifically on uh FanDuel and DraftKings they have some monsters so jump on there hit it we really appreciate it and uh let's let's uh win some more money so let's go Mike we've got game six the second eight o'clock game it is the Memphis Grizzly Oklahoma City Thunder uh Memphis is 10 and 17 Thunder are two games under 500 at 12 and 14, and uh, it Memphis is the fifth quickest pace. They get up and down the floor, especially with Jaw out there. Uh, Oklahoma City playing slow, down to 25, and sort of between the two teams, right uh, mixture of defensive stats, 21 and 13. So you're going to get pretty normal uh, uh, defensive efficiency in that game. And it's at Oklahoma City. So you got it, man. What's the game all about? All right. So, uh, you know, looking at this game, it's a little bit of a, almost like a neutral kind of uh, of a off balance. You know, yes, you're going to see OKC playing it up and up in pace. But um, a lot of these guys are starting to get a little bit priced up. They've been playing well. So Chris Paul's now up to 7,500. Steven Adams up to 6,400. Gallinari's still a little bit fair. 
um, Schroeder up to 6K. So I'm really not too interested in a lot going on on the OKC side. If I was going to play anybody, it would probably be like a guy like Gallinari um, or yeah. SGA. Um, but even then, they're kind of ancillary pieces. They're not guys I'm really attracted to. What I'm really looking at uh, is going to be on the Memphis side of the ball. Um, I'm going to have a ton of ownership on DeAnthony and Melton. Uh, 4,200, he's going to be one of my favorite value plays. Just seeing, you know, and shout out to uh, Jonas Nader. He's a a fantasy analyst, Um, great great guy to follow if you do season long, Mm. whatever it is. He's, you know, very, very knowledgeable guy. Um, He's been kind of harping on this D'Anthony Melton uh, bandwagon for quite some time now, and he's one of the ones that tweeted out and pointed out to me that they actually were playing him alongside of John Morant, and both of them closed the game. So it looks like his his rotation, and he's getting minutes, so... Uh, he played 25 minutes, I believe, in that last game. Played very well with him. So I have no problem looking towards him. Um, and he's probably going to be one of my only options I'm even looking at um, in, on this side of the ball and in this game in general. Very good. And, and give us the spelling on that so we can jump on. Uh, I always love knowledgeable guys that you can tap into a little bit. Absolutely. So his, uh, his name is Jonas Nader, and it's just how you say it. It's at J-O-N-A-S-N-A-E. N-A-D-E-R, so Jonas Nader, uh, and he Nader. writes over there uh, for NBC and Roto World. Very nice. All right, man. Appreciate that 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 info. Um, yeah, I you know, I love the D'Anthony Melton take. I think he's, uh, you know, I've been playing him over Tyus Jones, even though Tyus Jones had started one of the, in the games that Ja Morant uh, was out. So, uh, yeah, I could easily go there. Uh Great value play that lets you you buy up in a few other spots. Um, what do you think about Jaw in this game? I mean, the Chris Paul defense, uh, the fact that we are seeing Melton play a little bit more, um, and, 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 and it's not even at the expense necessarily at Tyus Jones. Uh, you know, he played under 30 minutes in the last one in, in a matchup where, I, you know, I was on him. I was expecting over 30 minutes in that game. Or I'm sorry, I'm talking about the Washington game. He did play over 30. I'm, I'm right. not, you know, it's... It's tough. I think at 7,200 at the, at the end of the day, I have so many other point guards that we've already mentioned that I think yeah. I'd rather go to. Um, you know, whether it's the guys over there in Charlotte, whether it's the value if I want to get the Anthony Melton or some of the guys over there in New Orleans, um, I think I'd much rather. It's probably going to be one of the positions I'm looking to save a little bit more on while, you know, other people I think are going to gravitate to go into spending on that spot, especially with guys like, you know, Beal and Lillard being some of the highest priced guys on the slate. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think I'm going to kind of take the approach of just, you know, not playing too much of them. At the end of the day, if you want to play them, I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock you, but I don't know if he's going to end up making it at the end of my player pool. Well, interesting. You know, it's funny that I think I'm going to roster a guy in this game and I, I sort of mentioned him to you pre-show. So you're not going to be surprised, but a guy that I've been watching for like two straight weeks now, and it's Chris Paul. I don't know what, what's going on there. He stepped up his game. News that coach talk that came out over the weekend was, you know, the Thunder now feels like they have a shot at the playoffs, that they can get that seventh or eighth seed. And there was actual uh, chatter that they're not going to trade Chris Paul during the season. So I don't know if that is just rumor or that is fact. It sounded like it had some merit to it from what I read. And maybe he's settling in and, uh, enjoying the fact that they're they're competitive team now you know they're two games below 500 but that eight spot that's sort of where everybody is so i get that but i love the the matchup against john moran i'll tell you john moran is awful he is he is the next trey young defensively he stinks on defense 
So that is one big point right there. And Paul has been putting up the numbers. And, you know, I always talk about it, but I am always in awe of his assist to, to turnover ratio. I, I just love the way he's been playing. It's a massive pace up game with Memphis being the fifth fastest team. So I may, I may dial up a little uh, old school Chris Paul here and pretend like it's uh, 2007 or whatever again. Uh, well, uh, you know, I hate to interrupt and be a bear of bad news, but uh, I don't know. You do some season-long, Coach. If Joe Ingles is still available, if he got dropped with Conley returning, you might want to go scoop him. Uh, looks like Conley re-aggravated the same hamstring that he just missed a few games with. So oh, he's awesome. likely to probably miss, uh, I would expect, at least a couple, like a week or two. Um, they're not going to rush him back from this. We've kind of seen a couple other teams do similar things in the, earlier in the season. Oh, that's a shame, man. That, he, he Things have not gone well there for him at all. But uh, very interesting. Um all right. Uh, you know, remember also the other thing for tomorrow uh, is, uh, uh, you know, Joe Val's been playing pretty well. The last, I, I've been so sour on him because I played him and he had a bad game. But if you look at his numbers, man, he, he's playing some ball. So the question will be, you know, is St- he and Steven Adams, are they going to bang heads and slow each other down? Uh, that should be interesting uh, matchup as well. Did you see that uh, game Brandon Clark played the other day and a couple of the dunks he had? That yeah, yeah he's going to be a talent, man. He's going to be fun to watch in a few years. Yeah. And, and you know, that the big men with Memphis, now that those guys are back, it's hard to hard to focus in on any of them with Triple J playing good too. They're all, they're all contributing. So it should be an interesting game. All right, three games left. 9 p.m., Orlando Magic at the Denver Nuggets. Orlando's on the second half of a back-to-back. They're currently playing right now as we speak. Um, and, and it should be interesting. Orlando's 12-14. and 14. Denver, a solid 17-8. and eight. Um, And it's in Denver. So you got Orlando on a back-to-back, traveling. They're played in Utah tonight, Denver tomorrow. All the altitude issues. Uh, not a great scenario for the Magic. Uh, you do have the 28th and 29th slowest teams in the league. So this is going to be some serious half-court offense. And then to make it even worse, Orlando's 12th and Denver's 3rd uh, on, on that side of the ball. So there's the potential of a Denver blowout. There's two really slow teams, two really good defensive teams, pass for me all the way around on this game uh yeah i mean at the end of the day if you if you want to take a shot in a guy like vucevic i don't mind it on orlando's side at the price tag 7k i just feel like it's a little too cheap for him um and that would pretty much be it for it um for me on orlando and then looking at the denver side i do have some interest in uh jeremy grant uh paul Millsap questionable missed the past two games wouldn't be shocked to see him miss another game um even if he does play most likely be limited so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Grant, uh, Grant play high 20s, and if he's out, maybe low 30s minutes. And at 4,600, I would definitely have some interest in him as well. Not bad. I am not going to touch that game. I'm just telling you, I'm not doing it. All right, 9.30, second to last game. It's the big ESPN game. It was supposed to be a big Luka game on ESPN, 
But as we know, our man is out with an ankle sprain. Shout out to the Mavs, though. How about the Mavs? I don't care. I know we play Homer on the Mavs a little bit. I'm sorry, listeners. But they went up to Milwaukee. Milwaukee had won 18 in a row. No Luka Cha-Ching win. How about that game, man? Yeah, that's a statement game. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, go good for them. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, they're playing well. And it just goes to show you that this they have a good core. And it, 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 if you look at the roster, uh, you know, taking out Luka, of course, there's still Porzingis. It's not like it's loaded with these star-studded names. I mean, these are a lot of guys that were kind of cast-offs on other teams. And uh, yeah. the Mavs are kind of turning them into, you know, reclamation projects and turning them into some other things, getting them to play different positions. Uh, and it's all working well for them. So credit to Carlisle, uh, you know, credit to the front office, yeah, your, your buddy Don over there. Um, yeah, everybody, Donnie, his dad is Don. Everybody Don, calls him Don. <laughs> Don, Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's doing a fantastic job. So I'm looking forward to the future. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, happy to hear that this Luca news and the ankle injury isn't as serious as things were initially uh, you yeah. know, thought. And that we may have him back uh, sooner rather than later. At the end of the day, though, I hope that they just let him rest up. It looks like they're going to be a playoff contending team no matter what. So let's just get him back healthy. Yeah, and it's it. I would think two or three weeks minimum, don't you think? That's what I initially thought, but then it got ruled that it was not a high ankle sprain. So that's okay. a general a general timetable for a high ankle sprain could be anywhere between three and upwards to six weeks. But we generally see around that four to five week mark, guys start to take the corner, and that's when we find out. Uh, whether or not it's going to be the six. Um, this was deemed a moderate ankle sprain, so it's a little bit lower than a high ankle sprain. Um, you know, I think at the best case scenario, we're looking at, you know, two weeks. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, that three-week table is probably, like, the worst-case scenario almost at this point. Uh, from what I'm hearing is that he's already responding well to treatment, um, and he was already out of a, uh, he's already out of a boot. And he's not using crutches or anything anymore. So, um, damn, what are you, are you his roommate? What the <laughs> heck? You were on this like you know what on stink. I but, am, man. Uh, I am, man. Doctor Apatria, get it done, man. This is what our listeners are paying the big bucks for. Wait a minute, our our pods are free. I forgot. Right. <laughs> you might know that uh, actually, when I turned, I think it was 18, 19 years old. Uh, the first thing I did was I became a certified. Uh, emergency technician so i was an emt ah, i did a little i did a little uh, clinical hours in the er here and there does that have any bearing on anything i said no absolutely not uh but i thought it'd be a nice time to say it for some strange reason to give a little fun fact about myself um, how about that i just like monitoring the news man so i'm always on top of all the news i it's it's probably the biggest edge i get um a lot of people you know they, you'll hear me say little tidbits about whether it's narratives coach speak uh you know things like the trends whatever it may be but all these edges we have to take into account well, you know, I'm just, I'm going to, I've been waiting to try to find the proper uh, nickname for you for a long time since we started. I'm going to call you the doctor. That's funny. My uh, doctor of pottery. My, my best friend's stepfather, and I'm going to give him a shout out. Uh, you might be listening right now. My friend Anthony Pace, his stepfather Lou, uh, when we were about 12, 13 years old, so I'm 28 now, I've always been a <laughs> fantasy nut. And I got them into fantasy football, I think it was, back in the day. And they, I've been yeah. giving him help with his DraftKings lineups for probably five or six years now. Uh, right. he, gave, he gave me, I think he gave me the nickname of the professor. So it was right, it was right in line of what you just said. And it was ah. kind of the same reason. I, I'd walk into his house and just come out with these crazy stats. Uh, and you'd be like, you know, somebody's uncle's in town or whatever it may be. But it's, uh, it's the edge, man. It keeps me up. I love doing it. Yeah, you got to look for every tiny edge. They all make a difference, no doubt about it. Um, all right, outstanding. Well, that.
I, we totally just got off on our Dallas tangent. Like yeah. All right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm taking, I'm funny. taking this. I'm going to jump right into it. We'll start, okay. you know, with the Celtics. We'll just start with them. Uh, you know, Jason, yeah, no Tatum, Mark is smart. No Mark is smart. And then Jason Tatum's also dealing with the sinus infection. Um, oh really? So, yes. I didn't see that. Um, he, he, he practiced on Monday, but it's something that he's dealing with. So we'll probably monitor it. I'm going to assume he's going to play. Um, but it's something worth noticing. I mean, I'm not really looking at playing him anyway at that price tag, 70 to 100. Um, with Hayward back in the lineup, a lot of that usage is kind of getting shifted towards just Kemba and Hayward. So those yeah. will be uh, continue to be two of my primary focuses when looking at Boston. It's just going to be Kemba and Hayward for me on that side of the ball. And then uh, shifting over to the Dallas side of the ball, I, I'm going to be playing a ton of Porzingis. Uh, yes, it's probably going to be chalky. Yes, a lot of people are going to own him. Yes, it seems like it's chasing. Um, but just the fact of all the usage he's going to be getting, how well he performed in the last game, and I've been harping on it all season. I love targeting bigs going against this weak Boston front court, especially now with Robert Williams out. Um, the team's expected to recall Taco Fall, uh, but at the end of the day, I don't know. You know, it, it, We might see a couple minutes of Boban versus Taco, and that might be oh the God, absolute greatest thing. Oh, man, I would lose my mind. If if anybody knows me, I'm the, I'm the biggest Boban fan that there probably is on this <laughs> earth, and uh, I would I would lose my mind. I, I I gotta I gotta actually you know make sure I'm sitting down and watching this game uh, for to get that three minute period where I get to see these two guys go and just buck wild against each other. That would be something to see for sure. Um, so you're going Porzingis. I'm going Porzingis. I'm not playing Brunson at six K. I, I understand no. he's been playing well. It's just a little uh, a little too rich for my blood, especially Boston. They've been very good at defending the perimeter. Um, you know, if you wanted to take a stab at a guy like Tim Hardaway and looking at him in a bounce back game, wouldn't blame yeah. you. Um, it's just again tough to go against uh, Boston's perimeter, and uh, you know he's coming off of a game where he shot one of ten. That probably limited yeah. his minutes. Was probably why he only played twenty four minutes when you're shooting one of ten, um, and you have other options like Seth Curry, like Jalen Brunson. Even when they wanted to bring JJ Bray off the bench for a couple minutes here and there, Delon Wright, um, you're going to use those options. So when he's hot, he's going to continue to play. When he's cold, they're going to go to somebody else. It's you know it's playing simple it's kind of been the philosophy with uh, Dallas and these guards all season long well the thing that's made Dallas so competitive and you know nobody expected them to go into Milwaukee and win but they just have a lot of gutty players I mean you watch Jalen Brunson plays his tail off uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a fantastic defender uh, Maxi Kleba Dwight Powell split but they play hard just I love the makeup of this team. It's it's exciting to watch. But, you know, this Boston matchup, this is a bizarre game for me because you're, you're almost centerless on both sides to some extent. So, I you know, I don't know how that's going to play because, you know, yes, Porzingis had a phenomenal game in Milwaukee, and maybe that's going to springboard him. And I can see playing him, but – you know, A, it's he's going to be super chalky, and B, he's pretty expensive. And I do like Boston's defensive scheme as a team. I know inside, and we talk, we argue about this every show, but uh, you know, inside they're not good defensively, but overall they're still a solid defensive. You know, they're ranked eighth in the league. Can so, you can you just who's gonna who do they have as a body to put on him? I mean, they're gonna were they gonna throw Canner at him? Can they? These can't chase him out to the perimeter if they even well, try to put Tanner, Tatum on them. Tanner's terrible, but they'll they'll have Tice trying to guard him a little bit. Well, then if and, that's the case, they're going to have to do double big lineups where they're rolling with Tice and Canner. Um, I don't think so. No, I, they'll play they'll play Tice on him, and then, put and then they'll on bring Powell? Tanner. Uh, or Hayward on Powell? 
Yeah, they'll absolutely do that. I, yep. I mean, at the end of the day, even if they do that, I don't think Tice could keep up with uh, a guy like Porzingis. Um, at the, I mean, we saw that thir- two thirty-foot three-pointers, unlimited range. He's not going to be able to chase him out to the three-point line. I just, I find this. To be I don't a very know. Tough Tice matchup. is somewhat athletic. I think he can chase him a little. It's Canner that can't chase. He stinks defensively, but they'll need his offense. And then they may play that third string guy, Poirier or whatever. I can never pronounce his name. Uh, they're, they'll probably throw a few different guys at him. But, you know, the, the thing about Porzingis is I know he's 7'4", but the dude doesn't go to the block. He, Yeah, he'll shoot over you for three or, you know, mid-range, but he's it's not like he's going to back pace down to the block. I think he should. I mean, he's going to have like five, six inches on the guy. But uh, – you know, I think you're going to – I'm just concerned about this game. I, I'm not – I'm going to fade Porzingis tomorrow reluctantly, be, mainly because it's chalk. It's the ESPN game. People are going to think, no, Luca, look what Porzingis did the last game, and everybody in the world's going to dial him up. And I don't think he's a lock uh, five times value at his, uh, at his salary. So that's just me. As far as the rest of the team at Dallas, I mean, Brunson is such a nice play because – he, you know, he he's going to get it done, but not at that price. I mean, he's gone up like two grand since in the last two weeks. So, I, you know, I'm not, and I'm not sure I'm going to go there. Um, on the Boston side, it, you know, it's a, it's another one that's tough because you know Kemba's been shooting the ball fantastic, uh, you know, but but Brunson's a good defender. I think he'll get after him quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I may go Kemba just because I think that uh, in their rotation with Brunson coming out, if they put, a, a you know, one of the other guys on him, DeLon Wright is lanky. He can play him tough. But, he, you know, I don't know if speed-wise if, if Kemba can, can get it done. Um, so Kemba's a, an, op, an option for me. Um, I'm Kem- not Kemba or John Morant, coach, because they're very similar price tags. Where do you? Because I know you said you had interest in John Morant, so I just want to see where you fell with that. No, I I don't have interest. Oh, in John okay, Morant. my fault, my fault. Chris I misunderstood. Paul. Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Okay, then how the very similar price tags? Chris Paul or uh, Kemba? Very, very tight. I uh, very, very close. Uh, I may roster both of them. Okay, I mean we have enough value if you want to get away with it. I can see that. Yeah, uh, the, you know the where I think a lot of the ownership's going to go, and I'm not going to go, is uh, Tatum. Uh, always gets a bunch of play, and I think you know with Dorian Finney-Smith will guard him, and and shut him down pretty much, not completely, but I don't know if he'll make value. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other options. Hayward's not quite back into a groove yet. But, you know, I love this. Uh, again, you know, this is the, the two best games to watch are Miami, Philly, and Boston, Dallas, hands down. I'm going to watch most of all of those two games, but I may end up with maybe one guy from each game, if that, because I just think I respect these teams defensively, and uh, I just don't think it's the right place to go to stack anything. So I may go Kemba if I can fit him, but uh, – other than that, I, you know, I'm, this might be a pass for me, Mike. I know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, you know, Boston's a very good, uh, tough defensive team. A lot of people are priced right, and if you're not spending up on Porzingis, uh, there's really no real reason to kind of go to the Mavs unless you're just chasing a dart throw in a tournament on one of those guards. Yeah, and, and you can't. I mean, 
look at how many times Hardaway and Curry have, have burned everybody. People jump on Hardaway, Curry scores. People jump on Curry, Hardaway. It's, you know, good luck trying to figure it's like that, that out. Uh, it's like that Popovich thing that we were talking about the other day. When you when you see <laughs> when you see Derek White play 30 minutes, expect uh, DeJounte Murray to get 30 in the next one. Yeah, nothing he does makes a whole lot of sense. Then all of a sudden it's Lonnie Walker week, and then he's back to, you know, playing great, but then doesn't get the minutes again. Who knows? You know, Pop's uh, uh, one of those uh, evil genius kind of guys, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely has the hair for it. Yes. All right. And, you know, I'll tell you what. His If you ever I, – I, almost every game he wears a navy jacket that's like two sizes too big and these baggy beige pants that looks like he's had them since 1986. He's just a – He's like the nutty professor, dude. I just can't believe this guy is such a – I, I think sometimes the really smart guys just lack in some of common sense things. I don't know. <laughs> but he kills me. All right. So, uh, let's go to the last game, late night hammer, 10 o'clock Eastern. Starts 30 minutes after every other game. It is the red-hot Golden State Warriors at 5-23. and 23. Uh, that's just a joke. And the Portland Trailblazers at 11 and 16. Um, no idea, man. I, where do you even start with Golden State? You want to jump into this one? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think this is going to be our late night hammer. So we're going to, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I always like to get some exposure into the late night hammer. I don't like to see my winnings just go down. Uh, once uh, you know my guys are done, so uh, I'm definitely gonna have some exposure here, and I think uh, you know it's looking at the wings. Um, one guy I wanted to target, I'm gonna be going to for a lot of my value is a guy that's been kind of creeping up and playing more minutes slowly and slowly, and it's Damian Lee. Uh, he's only 3,900 shooting guard, small forward eligible. Played 34 minutes in the last one, 26 minutes in the game prior to that. But more importantly, he's taken 26 shot attempts combined in those last two games, uh, and is about is averaging just about you know 27 DK points. So um, I have no problem looking towards him for some value. If you uh, want, if, I, uh, chicken soup challenge. Okay. Lee stinks. All right. All right. So who who do you got? Give me take somebody you want to take against Damian Lee. Uh, Give me an offer. I can't well, I, you always wait till the last game, Coach. Now i got to like well, go I, back and try to just, think of like you who you said. said. You're on a nine-game yeah. slate, you're looking at Damian Lee. Uh, i got to call you out. Well, also, I, I, I'm saying in this game, so I always like to talk about everything because I know some of our listeners do the you know turbo slates and late slates. So if you're targeting no that late. Listen, if you're targeting that, if you're targeting just that Boston, Dallas, Golden State, Portland late slate, he's going to be one of the best value plays in there at 3,900. What's the chicken suit challenge? That's all I'm saying. I'm all right. well, you find you find someone. Why um, me? You, around you, my price. you challenge yeah, you. exactly. You challenged me. I have my guy already. That's my, that's my guy. You what you got to go heck? find yours. <laughs> You're killing me, Damien. I mean, how do I even find somebody to match up against Damian Lee? Uh, how about you won't give me Norman Powell, I bet. Oh, yeah. Here we go, Coach. Just take a guy that's 2,100 more than never, him. All right. Where's the value in that? Your guy's 6,400. I'm <laughs> looking at the prices. I'm trying to find <laughs> bench guys. How about uh, – oh, shoot, man. I wish I could think of somebody that's decent. I guess I'll take – I would – Take Jalen Brunson. 
Uh, coach, uh, we're, we might just have to wait another night. I mean, $2,200 difference uh, or $2,100 difference, that just seems a little lopsided. How about... If you want to go point per dollar, that's a different story. If no, you want, I'll do a point I'll per find, dollar. I'll find some chump here. Um, I'd, I'd like to challenge you on Josh Richardson. I'd like to challenge you with Mike, Chris Paul, if you can come up with anybody for those guys. Why don't you take somebody that's less than 4K, not named Gorgie Dang? Under 4K, not named Gorgie Chang. These guys all stink. And that's exactly why he comes into play. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to look it up. Are you looking at DraftKings pricing? Yeah, I'm looking at DraftKings pricing. All right, yeah. do you have any challenge for me on my two guys? So you wanted uh, Chris Paul? Chris, Chris Paul, Paul, I don't think he's in a bad side. spot, though. You know, It's not like I wanted to sit here all right, and say and Chris how Paul's about a terrible player. I would I like to challenge, challenge your – Josh Richardson, uh, 4,900. Yes. All right. Let's see if I can find someone around that 5K price that you were uh, that you were talking about. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Sorry, listeners. I know you guys. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, it's a little painful, guys. I do apologize. It, I mean, it, coach just comes out of the blue with some of these challenges know, it, and just names this off could guys. Give me a three-point lead, so I, you know. I think you just add points overnight. Now, I think it was. I, I, well, I'm up one. I win these two. I'm up three. That's that, true. You know, even that math. You're a doctor, not a mathematician. Well, I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't see you pick anybody yet to go against uh, Damian Lee. You didn't I, find anyone under four K, so we'll get to that one. I don't know. Do you like? Uh, you like OG? I think that's a pretty fair one. OG and Anubi. OG and Anubi. Yeah, against Detroit, uh, it's a hundred dollars more than Richardson. They both kind of a little underwhelming. Both kind of have, I guess, okay. lower floors, but they both have some pretty decent ceilings. I think if OG, OG is probably that. a little bit more reliable. Um, but I'm targeting that upside. I think we're going to get a decent J Rich upside game. Okay, OG, I'll take a little OG. Since I am an OG. Yeah, that's true. So now we just need to find a 4K guy. Um, you know, While you're doing that, I'll just slide over to the Portland side of the ball, and I'll just start talking about them a little bit, give you, okay. give you some time to find that 4K guy. Uh, you know, looking looking at Portland, um, you can you pretty much uh, rule Hazonia out. He's questionable. He left last game with a back injury, did not return. So I kind of have him more as a, a doubtful in my book. I think that's going to open up a little bit more yeah. of the uh, wing minutes on the rotation. So I would expect, you know, Kent Bazemore's already been seeing decent minutes. I, I like him in this spot. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him play a little bit. He's been playing low 30s. If he plays more in the mid 30s, it's just an up pace game that should you know produce plenty of turnovers. That's his style of game. And I'm also going to be looking at Anthony Simons to see some extended run 3500 uh, against this poor team. They're going to be able to allow him to play some decent quarter uh, fourth quarter minutes too. I'm assuming, and I expect him to probably be in the mid 20s um, now that Hazonia and Hood are both out. So um, I'm really going to be looking at the value in this. If you want to go to a guy like Whiteside, I'm not going to knock you 8500. Um, it's yeah. a little bit a little bit priced up compared to what we've been paying, uh, but he's been very very consistent throughout the season. Uh, we know that Golden State centers are kind of mediocre at best, so I wouldn't knock you there. And uh, you know Dame at 9K, it's just a little bit too rich for my blood. Um, just with all the other options that we've already talked about, I kind of rather prefer to spend down. This game's going to be in Portland. Um, I generally like to look to play Dame at that kind of price tag if they're playing in Golden State because he's from the Oakland area. So. Um, that's pretty much what I got. Mostly just Simons and Baysmore for some value. Not bad at all. I like it. Um, you know, this game I think is going to blow out. I think Portland is going to hammer Golden State. Golden State's just playing such bad ball. Um, 
you know, D'Angelo Russell is so expensive. I'd lo- I really would like to play him, but he's just so expensive. Golden State plays no defense, though. You know, this is the 17th and 11th pace defensive efficiency, 24th and 20. So, you know, I can see there, you know, you could actually stack this game. You really could. I mean, Dame, CJ, and uh, I think D'Angelo are all playable, don't you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a great spot on paper for them. Um, it's just, you know, taking into account of the rest of the slate and the price tags where they kind of fall on your radar. Um, yeah. You know, in general, yeah, I think they're all in great spots. It's just what I prefer to spend up on them or other players in different spots. I know. It sure would be nice, though, if you could have a correlation of like a D'Angelo and Dame waiting for that last game. Woo! I mean, you may need 100 points to catch up, but you could probably get it with those guys. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to. The great thing about this slate, the the highest priced guy will be Cat if he plays. But if he doesn't, which he's very questionable, there's really nobody that's like, this guy's got to be played, you know? I mean, it's wide open. So I guess Embiid maybe, but not against uh, Miami and, and Bam, you wouldn't think, you know? Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a tough matchup, but I mean he at the end of the day it's those are the types of matchups you also want to look at guys like that when you know you can get a guy that can easily get sixty on any given night at low ownership. Um, yeah, but I mean it, it really depends on what kind of uh, what kind of player you are. I mean maybe more in the in the sense of if you're scripting out you know twenty to forty to one hundred and fifty lineups, it makes more sense to tar- target those kinds of guys. If you're only trotting out single entry cash game, you know three to five lineups, uh, probably better avoided. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Um, all right, so I will t- – how about how, – what's the price I have to get to? 4K and under. All right, I'll, I'll give you – I'll throw you a bone here. I'll take Denzel Valentine, 3700 bucks. Oh, yeah, you can lock that in all day long. Oh, that little cocky there, sir. Oh, all day long. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me see what Denzel. Let me make sure. No, that's locked in. <laughs> it's too late. Okay. I mean, who knows? He's he can play. He gets hot off the bench here and there. You know, he's uh, he's getting minutes lately. Twenty uh, minutes. Dude, that's day. that's an easy win for me right there, Coach. I'm chalk. I'm already writing that one down. Holy cow! Okay. I'm on that. I'm on this Damian Lee bandwagon. No, I mean, at the end of the day, I do think he's still a very good value play, just compared to Valentine. Uh, you know, Damian Lee has been playing very well with the minutes given to him, and if he can hold on to this uh, this starting job, um, I mean, yeah, you know, but my man Denzel gets to go against the awesome Washington thirtieth ranked defense. Oh though. yeah, absolutely, it's a great matchup for him. So we'll see. Uh, I'm might, it might be closer than Valentine we think. and Denzel Washington. Yeah, <laughs> a little training day. All right, I'm. You know, our listeners are probably. Yeah, we got to get out of here. By now, they're like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" (laughs) We're crushing them right now. It's been an hour and twenty three minutes, and we're talking about Denzel Washington and Training Day, and uh, you know, I I think they've had enough. Denzel Valentine against Bruce Lee. No, I'm just kidding. Damian Lee, and what's our other one? Uh, Well, the other one was a uh, Josh Richardson versus OG. Oh, wow. We're really pulling out the studs in this chat. Yeah, I, I don't want anybody to misinterpret <laughs> us making these bets as though, like, we're making these bets because we're so sure of, like, I'm so sure of Josh Richardson breaking the slate or something. That is not the case, people. Uh, this is just one of my, uh, you know, one of my narratives, tidbits, yeah. 
where at the end of the day, I, I have more confidence in Josh Richardson tonight than I would on a regular night for him. So if I'm going to take a stab at him, it would be on a night like tonight. So, uh, and Plus, I just want to see Coach wear a chicken suit. So Yeah, uh, we yeah. Need, we I'm not playing any that. of those four guys in any of my lineups, just so I'll everybody knows that. I'll have some shares of Damian Lee. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Well, uh, win all the money. That's all I can say to the listeners. We've given you a good long look at everything as we normally do. Um, and uh, we hope it, it helps uh, win you guys some money. And hopefully I got a, a nice two-game lead in the Chicken Soup Challenge, take down some tournaments, and uh, getting excited to, to get with uh, you guys and, and give out some, some Christmas Day uh, winners as well. So any final comments on this slate there, Dr. Apatria? Uh, no, man. I mean, just enjoy it. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, not too many stars, guys. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, just enjoy it. Make sure you're, you're playing some games uh, where you can, you, know, you can have a little action. You could watch them and kick back and relax. It's going to be a fun one. Sounds good. Great nine-game slate. We hope you guys crush it. And we want to thank all of you for joining us on Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my partner, Dr. Apatria. And our other pros, Miles and Andy, and for our man Dan Vespers behind the curtain, I am Coach, and we will look to catch you again tomorrow as we crush it in DFS NBA. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.